Welcome to Living Your Limitless Life. Your host is Carol DeShane, the founder of Connect to Joy. This program is designed to inspire and motivate you to find your best life. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here is Carol DeShane. Hello, beautiful spirits. Welcome to the show. I'm Carol DeShane, and my passion in life is to help you find your joy, to release what holds you back, and assist you to quantum leap your journey of self-discovery. I'm an intuitive, certified in life and business coaching, and a Marconic multidimensional energy practitioner and teacher. So if you're ready to start creating that life you've only dreamed of, that you deserve, let's have some fun. And let's get started right now. Today, we're going to be talking about money management. And you're going, what? What does that have to do with living your limitless life? Well, let me tell you, if you don't have an easy flow of money, you're going to be worrying about that and you won't feel very limitless. You'll be more on the limited side. And sometimes people avoid talking about money. It's like a hot button issue. When they do talk about it, there becomes friction There might be arguments and maybe even divorce. So let's face it, you got to stop worrying about it. I'm going to get really practical today. I'm going to give you a hands-on approach. We're going to talk about money management, and I'm going to give you 10 effective ways to improve your money toolkit. Because sometimes you may not know, so some of this may be really elementary for some of you, and some of it may be, oh God, I needed this. So take whatever you can from it and run with it. Do whatever feels right for you. Today's plan is to talk about your current money situation. We're going to go, like I said, straight to the practical, what you have, what you don't, and then how you currently handle it. So I want you to really be honest with yourself when we go through this, because sometimes, like I say, we get kind of shy away from this sort of thing. But if you're not honest with yourself, you'll never get anywhere. After we do that, then I'm going to touch on the money mindset, and then we'll talk about your money skill set including specific ways to make your life easier now and in the future. We want to be able to help you keep that money that you attract. And then we'll get into those effective ways to upgrade your toolkit. And before we get started, let me just say, if you don't handle money well, don't be embarrassed. Some people are more inclined to be able to deal with numbers or money than others, right? I mean, it's like some people know how to do math. Some people deal with science better. Sometimes people just don't have that skill set with money. I was lucky I had people who decided that, well, my dad was a lot older than me and he was from the Depression era in the 30s and he was really very, I won't say he held on to it like a miser, but he was very safe with the way he dealt with money. He always paid his bills on time. So I got that information from him on how to do that and how to handle that part of my money. Expanding the thought process was something I had to work on to be able to feel like I could have more. It depends on where you are and what kind of thought processes that you're in. You can tell by looking at your reality. So that's why we're going to do that. Just because, though, you don't have currently a skill set and you don't maybe pay your bills on time or do things you want to talk about because you're embarrassed or you feel uncomfortable, it doesn't mean you can't increase that skill set like anything. If you don't know how to do a plumbing job, you decide it's worth and has value to learn it, then you learn it. So let's go straight to that practical aspect. And I'm going to ask you to think through your current reality. What does your current financial reality look like? This may sound a little bit like Suze Ormond, 
which is fine. But what you need to do, and I know she says that, is to take a snapshot so you can really see where you stand right this minute. So you can have some clarity. And like I said, be honest with yourself. You don't have to tell anybody. Just be honest, at least with yourself. So first off, do you know what all your bills are? If somebody said, hey, list out what do you pay, do you even know? We're going to go through this later, but there's mortgage and rent and electric, gas. There's different things. So the question first for you is, do you know what they are, what you're paying? And then the next question is, how much are they? Do you know if they're supposed to be like 100 or 200 and then it comes in at four and you go, oh my God, what happened? Or do you just pay it as it comes in, not even thinking? And compared to the money you have coming in that you earn or that you receive on a monthly basis, how's that compared to the money going out? Is it fine? Plenty? Is it barely making it? How does that feel to you in your current reality? Which leads me to, can you pay your bills? Can you? When you see it, do you know if you have money or not to pay it? And then do you have any funds left over at the end? The next question, of course, is the one that everybody talks about is, how much do you owe on your credit cards? Can and do you pay more than the minimum? There's a lot of other questions I could put in here, like do you owe money on a car? How much is your rent or your mortgage in relation to your paycheck? It should be comfortable and it should be a percentage that makes you at least under 50% so that you can be able to afford other things in your life that you're really looking forward to doing. And then the question that I'll get into later is, do you have a budget? Because if you do, you know the answers to most of those other questions I just asked. But most of us don't really keep a real budget. And next, my questions are, what expenses coming up in the near future that you know about? Sometimes we know, and we can plan for those. Will you need a new car? Well, what shape is your old one in? Do you just want one? Because every three years you want to turn it over and get a new one, or maybe you lease it and you go, I just want a new car. Or is your old one, is it like on its last legs? When the expense for repair gets a lot, you know that a big, either that's going to happen or you're going to have to turn it in and buy a new one or a used one. So that's an expense. Do you have an expense coming up? Maybe that's education related for you or for a child. So you know, oh God, this is coming up. This is something I should be saving for. Do you have any big medical expenses come up? I mean, usually those are unexpected because if you have an issue or a diagnosis you don't expect, obviously, that's different. But you may have an operation you plan on doing or a dental procedure that you are putting off because you know you want to do it or you don't want to, but you need to do it. Maybe you have a down payment coming up that you really want to have for a house or just a deposit on a rental. You might even have vacation wishes you want. Those that maybe it's a little more expensive than you normally have, or it's just one you want to take and you don't have the money yet. So what expenses are you saving for? What are you looking at for you? And do you have a budget and do you follow it? Those are just questions for you. How do you feel about your current reality? Now that you're thinking about it, do you want to change the situation? Because you can. You have the power but you have to be willing to prioritize and pay attention. I'll get into this in a minute, but let me say that your financial reality stems from two things, your money mindset, where your, your head is at, and your skill set and how you manage your money. 
So after you have your prosperity consciousness, where do you go from there? Analogy. It's about a cell phone. And well, at least when they first came out and until recently, the guts of the cell phone was the battery and the battery came out. It made the cell phone run. You know, you can have them sitting on your table. There's the battery. There's the outside case of the cell phone. It didn't work unless they were together. So if you think of your phone as your money skill set, the outside case and the battery as your money mindset, you realize you have to have both. You have to have that skill set. But if you don't have the mindset, the skill set doesn't matter. If you can have the, the mindset, you do have it, prosperity, consciousness and everything. But if you don't have that skill set on what to do with it afterwards, you may not keep the money. You may not be able to move forward and grow the money. I want to touch on that money mindset. What it is is a conscious and unconscious belief that we hold about anything. Subconscious beliefs are like a web of ideas that we believe about ourselves and the world that shape our reality. And we may not know about them because they're subconscious, right? What were your beliefs about money? Do they help? Do they hinder? What are they for you? And you can kind of tell by what your life looks like. I know if you're spiritual or you've been working on this at all, your money mindset probably has been more directed to linking and working on your prosperity or abundance. And those are the words that you're used to. But you might not have referred to something as a money mindset because maybe it doesn't sound spiritual enough. But if you really work at upgrading your money skill set, it's a different side. It's a different piece of the puzzle, but it all links back together. Let's talk now about the fact that your money skill set and your money management, it is not talked about in school. Another reason not to be embarrassed, because we, what do we learn? We learn math. We learn science. We learn history and languages of some sort, geography, government, whatever it is that you're taught. And if you're lucky, you get music and drama and things like that. But we don't learn how to communicate with each other, how to get along with other people, except just kind of be in there if we're in person. And we don't learn anything about skill set. So let's get into the nitty gritty about money skill set. I'm going to ask you some questions that may seem uncomfortable, but they don't have to be, and you don't have to tell anybody else. And like the other questions, these really shouldn't be embarrassing or worrisome. Just allow yourself to be aware without judging yourself when you answer the questions. But definitely be honest, or you're never going to be able to move forward. Here are some questions. First, are you late on paying some or all of your bills? Those things that come that we don't want to look at. Now, why are you late or why do you not pay them? And just be honest with yourself. Don't beat yourself up or anything. If you don't, maybe you just don't want to pay them. You'd rather use your money for something more fun. I used to do that when I was a kid. I don't want to pay credit card bill. It's, it's more fun. And maybe you just don't have the money. Maybe you're juggling who gets paid. And other bills may have a higher priority than some. So you pay one month, you pay a little on this, and the next month you pay a little on that. And if you do, I was probably about 20 when I did this, no bill showed up in the mail for my first credit card for a whole month, for two months. And I conveniently went, oh, I must not have charged anything because I was very naive at the time. And if you don't have a bill, you don't have to pay anything, right? Well, when the bill finally came, it had a late fee. And I went, what? 
you didn't send me a bill. So sometimes we may forget. It may not be on our radar. It may be out of sight, out of mind. Just know why you do it. Maybe you just don't remember when things are due. I mean, if you have four or five credit cards and they're all on different due dates, watch out. That got me one time too at a different time in my life. It's like, oh my God, how did this happen? I had to write everything out and then I ended up getting rid of a couple of them because it was just too hard. I couldn't figure out when to pay anything. That's the first question. Are you late on paying your bills? And if you are, why are you? Just tell yourself why so that you know. And the next question is, do you have any savings? What you consider savings? And if not, why not? Now, it may be a combination of some of these things. Maybe you spend everything because you can and you enjoy it. Maybe you don't know how to save. It's not something you've ever had to do before. And when you were younger and nobody told you you have to, my parents were, like I said, really straight ahead, got to save. So money came in from my grandmother as a gift and it went straight into my bank account. And I never saw anything. So I had to thank my grandmother for something I never saw except the card, which for a kid, you're 10 or 12, it's like, well, can I just have a present, please? But no, here comes the check. Check goes into the bank account. So I learned how to save, even though I didn't want to at the time. It really helps if you have someone who shows you how to do things like that when you're really young. If you do save, how are you saving? Do you save for a rainy day? with no specific reason, just thinking something's going to come up. And it always does, maybe. But you may or may not have a lot in there. And maybe every time you do save, those expenses do show up. So maybe you save going, oh, I got a couple thousand in. Uh Uh-oh, car died. Major work. New car. Uh Uh-oh, got to have my teeth worked on. Uh Uh-oh, what else shows up? The heater dies in your house. The furnace goes out. Your refrigerator dies. Something happens that you need to use that money for the rainy day for, that you don't plan on using. Sometimes people say for a specific expense. So do you do that? Maybe you have it in mind. You know Christmas is coming up and you have kind of a Christmas fund or that new car I was talking about. Well, or used, but new to you. Maybe you have education that you're savings for or a vacation fund. I know quite a few people who do a separate savings account for a vacation fund. Otherwise, they never save. And of course, there's retirement. You have those retirement savings, the 401k, the IRAs, maybe an annuity, those things, you can't touch it without a lot of effort. So whatever kind of retirement savings you may have, at least in the United States, we have a lot of trouble getting to it. Oh, we can do it if you really want to. Sometimes that's the easiest way to save. So do you have a savings? And if so, what type do you have? And how much do you feel comfortable with what's there? And how much do you need in a savings account to feel secure? Any skill set is a learned thing. Like I said, some people are good at math or history or music, but they have an aptitude for it. Since most of us don't learn money in school, don't give yourself a hard time. It doesn't mean we can't learn a skill set if we're willing to devote time to it and make it a priority, but you have to be willing to do it. Now, besides my parents, I was kind of lucky. The only reason I knew anything about money besides them was because I took a bookkeeping class in high school. I mean, who does that? It included keeping track of a business's assets, their liabilities like mortgages, 
uh, receipts, money coming in, and of course, expenses and paying bills. And later I learned about Quicken and QuickBooks and of course, my favorite Excel spreadsheets, love those. I ended up becoming a little more familiar with all this than I ever thought, but I found out how to do it because I had a class. I mean, it wasn't something you had to do. It was one of those electives very, very few people took at the time. So hopefully you've had some of that help. But if you haven't, I'm sure there are classes out there that can help you to learn the skill set, to be willing to step outside of your maybe uncomfortable zone, out of your worry and embarrassment, somebody will judge you and step up and say, hey, I need some help. That's something you can do. Our lack of aptitude for something we've never been taught is not our fault. And just keep remembering it's nothing to be embarrassed about. We all have things we don't want to think about, right? I mean, the problem is if you don't think about money and your finances, that problem is not going to go away. And it probably is going to get worse if you don't think about it. But if you want to make it better, take a good hard look at what we've already talked about. Look at that reality and decide I mean, is it worth your time and your effort to both revise your money mindset and prioritize learning more on the skill set front about your money management? Don't let embarrassment or fear or the concern you don't do something right hold you back from a more limitless life. I'm going to get into those four practical things that you can do. And this is all about specifically paying your bills on time. Four different ideas that you can latch on to. Now, if you already pay your bills on time, You might want to skip this part, but if you know somebody else who doesn't, give it a listen because if you think it has value, tell someone else to listen to this. I really want to be able to help people because this is something that it makes people so uncomfortable and it makes them feel guilty and like I said, embarrassed and you don't need to do that. So here's the first practical thing that you can try if you don't pay your bills on time. If you can't or won't do it, you can hire someone. You can have them take care of your money for you. If you have a lot of money, of course, you probably have already dealt with this. You can go for a money manager and a financial planner because they probably are two different people. Now, if you don't, but you have a business, it's definitely a good thing to get a part-time bookkeeper or someone that either is on salary or who is a subcontractor somewhere to help do that for you. Make sure the lights stay on. But this is very important. We need to talk about safeguard. The safeguards have to do with making sure not only that you get personal references on the personal handing money, but you go beyond that. Don't depend on the internet unless you have some really highly vetted people separately from individuals, from people, look them up on Google, do everything you can to try and find out information about this person. And honestly, you may only want to hire somebody that's bonded to protect yourself. If they handle your personal funds, you can still get somebody who's bonded if you want. But I highly recommend setting up a separate bank account for their use. Do not link it to any of your other accounts that they can see. You may even want to do it at a different bank. If you figure out how much your bills are each month, you can have like a minimum amount transferred over to this new account so that they can cover the bills with that amount and then maybe check in with them, see if you have to put more in. But most importantly, at least at first, check the bank account a couple of times a week to make sure all the charges look familiar. The second one is to have someone come in and actually set up the systems for you and then you do it yourself. 
So you can hire a mentor to help you set up the systems, what'll work best for you, and then kind of train you how to keep the money flowing in the right direction. After the initial setup, you will have to do a lot of the work. And that may not work if you simply aren't interested, don't have the time, or you haven't changed your money mindset yet from a limiting belief that makes you kind of ignore it. You may still not do it. The third thing you can do is to have your spouse take care of your finances. This is a slippery slope sometimes for a variety of reasons. So let me go over this kind of quickly, just so you can get some thought to this. Because money and finances are one of the top three reasons people get a divorce. So just be careful. If your spouse loves dealing with money and handling, you know, you may have hit the jackpot if it's not your thing. But don't assume because they're willing to pay the bills that they will do everything. So for example, they may not be willing to handle if there's a lot of bookkeeping for taxes. They may draw the line and say, now I'm starting to get really grumbly about it. I'm getting, I don't want to do that part. So make sure you talk it through. Make sure that they're honest and you're honest about who's willing to do what. But again, I recommend, especially if you're new, setting up a separate joint account where you both put money in. And if you're newly married, don't link it to your other accounts. Just dump the money in however much you think each of you should put in there. And then, of course, you need to check, even if they're doing it, check the account, make sure that bills are being paid. Just glance through it occasionally. You can also hire a friend to do that, but it's your money. So really think hard before allowing that to happen. And you may not even hire them. They may just be willing to do it. The fourth way is you can set up some simple online notifications, automatic payments to have things go on a schedule. Now, this is good, but it takes a lot of work at the beginning to set it up. And then you would do it yourself, but you'd have all those reminders. So if the only reason you don't pay your bills, which I asked you why earlier, is because out of sight, out of mind, you forget the deadlines, whatever they may be, this may be a good thing for you. So depending on your bank, you can have your creditors like the water bill, the electric, the garbage credit cards and all those type, the bank can go out and ask for those bills and have them come directly to the bank. And then you can set up notifications for your bank to go, it came in, pay me. This doesn't work for all your bills, but set up as many as you can if you like that scheduling. And then I recommend paying them as soon as you get the notice so it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. But if you don't want to pay it right away, if you go in, most of them will allow you to schedule your payment. So at least go in, say, okay, I'm going to pay this amount. It's going to be paid right before it's due. But then you won't forget about it because you will have already scheduled the payment the minute you saw that it came in. And you can also, of course, set up automatic payments, which would be the same amount every month. So if you have, for example, a credit card that comes in and you know a minimum that you spend is at least three or 400, you could have that amount or a little less going in. So at least you don't forget to pay it or even just sending the minimum every month in case you miss it. But better to send about the amount if you have a, about what you use all the time. There are so many ways to make sure that these things get accomplished. You don't want to create a bankruptcy or other difficulties in your life. These are four different ways you can do. You can hire someone. You can hire a mentor to train you to do it yourself. You can have your spouse or significant other do it for you if they're interested at all. And you can set up a lot of automatic payments transfers, reminders, so you can do it yourself. Like I've said before, it's just a skill set, so don't beat yourself up. Just let's get it done. Yeah, you want to think about other things in your life, things you want to enjoy. Don't worry about money and whether it's being paid on time and all that part of the money skill set and mindset. So now I'm going to get right into 10 effective ways to upgrade your money toolkit. 
I'm going to get a little more detail than I did on the other one. So first, open a separate account to save for a specific item. Go ahead and think about that. I mentioned it earlier, but if you have something coming up and you can't seem to save for it, it's going to be less likely you're going to pull out the money if you know what you're saving for. That is something that may work for you. The second thing is to automatically pull money out from, like if you have a regular paycheck and they're willing to divide up the money, have some money go to one account, maybe 100 or 200 or something, and the rest go into your regular where you spend it. And if they don't do that, you can have your bank where the whole thing plops in, automatically transfer 100 or 200 or whatever you want into a different account. It's better if you can't see it at all. It's kind of like having money coming out of your check for a retirement savings before you even see the check. That way, it's saved, you don't notice it, you don't think about it, and yet when you look at the other account, occasionally you go, wow, the money's adding up, this is great. The third thing, I just want to talk about credit cards for a minute. Obviously, when you open new ones, pick the best interest. And does it cost anything to have it yearly? Maybe there's an annual fee. So you have to see if it's worth the annual fee. And make sure you pick one that uses the perks you want. The cash back versus air miles versus shopping. Maybe you get credit at a store. Nordstrom Notes, one of my favorites. Really nice store around here. If you'd use cashbacks or specials or gift cards, make sure you use them. You don't want to let it sit there forever and then you cancel the card at some point and you have all these points out there you've never used. And the last thing about credit cards is to not have too many of them. The more you have, the more you might forget to pay them on time. Don't carry around 10 in your wallet. Carry only one or two. What I want to say too is I started doing this a while ago and it works really well for me. So I want to pass this information on. Still kind of about credit cards, but use a different card for a different type of purchase. So let me tell you what I do. See if this kind of sparks an idea for you and maybe it'll help you kind of keep things separated easier. One I use only for online activity. In case it gets hacked, I know that's the one that did it. That's the one. I can just stop using that, get a new one. And I don't use it for anything else. Another one I use for everyday purchases, the ones going to the gas station, going to the grocery store, all those sorts of things. That's where I use that one for. And the third one, I have some automatic payments that come in monthly that automatically pull money out. Those are on the third one so that when that one expires, I know that I only have one time that I have to change all the different ones. I don't have to wonder, oh shoot, I have to contact these automatic people and say, uh, which card do you have? Do I need to change my expiration date or maybe even the card number? With some of them, they change the card number. That way they're all in one. So you know when I when this one goes up and, and it has a new card, these are the people I have to call. And of course, check your bills for any odd charges. I didn't mention that earlier, but I do want to say that. There's usually a phone number next to the charge on the bill. So you can call that if it makes no sense to you, especially if it's not $20. If it's three or 400 or more, check it out. You may find that it's definitely a bill that you, something you paid, but it may not match the store where you purchased it or the online may be a different name because it may have a, like a, a parent company or something. So make sure that you check that. And it never hurts. This is the fifth thing you can do to keep an eye on your credit score. If you start paying your bills on time, it's going to jump up quite a bit. I don't know if all countries have credit scores, but I know that the United States pays a lot of attention to that. And check for fraud. If you have LifeLock or other identity theft protection, 
that's helpful and it will make you feel a little better about it. But you can also, it'll come in handy if this credit score, if you decide you want to buy a car and you need credit, you want to buy a house, unless you have a lot of money, you're going to need credit. So knowing what it is from time to time will help you feel comfortable in knowing that, hey, I'm doing pretty good here. If you haven't paid your bills on time, your score is going to be kind of low. The sixth thing is kind of like that Suze Ormond thing where find a way to pay down and reduce your debt. It doesn't sound sexy, but it definitely feels amazing every time you do that. You might want to pay a little extra if you can on a, a payment for a credit card, for example, or maybe a student loan or something that you need. And this is something that Suze does talk about, that if you have multiple credit cards, pay a minimum on all the lower interest ones and pay as much as you can on the highest interest rate and then cancel that card or cancel it before and then keep paying it until it's down because you want to make sure you have a big ceremony when you cut it up because it's like, yay, I did it. Oh my God, this is fabulous. The seventh thing you can do is, especially if you're in the United States, check every couple of years, there's unclaimed property that you can use in your state. They hold on to these unclaimed things. So if you have a CD that stopped being renewed because it was so often and you never noticed it, if you have stock that the company is holding and the dividend checks started getting returned when you moved, usually you look it up by name. So you can look it up by your father's name, your mother's name, anybody who you think might have one, and then you have to let them know, of course. If a person is deceased, though, you have to jump through some extra hoops to collect it and it's different forms and things, but they'll help you if you find that that's the case. I do want to tell you just a short bit about this five-hour VIP day. It's called Change Your Money Karma. Every time I've done it, it has shifted people amazingly. It's always so exciting to see what happens. I work one-on-one for five hours over the phone lately, but I also have done it in person. We do a variety of things that helps you shift your money mindset And sometimes it's also personalized specifically for if you know, I know I have this problem, let's work on that too. But it's five hours. We have a couple of breaks in there so that you can relax. It's something that will help you shift and grow in a kind of a quantum leap if that's what you want to do. Just to put in the back of your mind in case you're interested, by all means, email me about that. I was working on 10 effective ways to upgrade your money toolkit, and I'm on number eight. Number eight is working up a budget. Okay, ew, I know most people hate doing that. I have to admit, because if you have one and you don't use it, it's not going to be handy. But let me go through how to do it so that you can at least decide if it's something for you. Monthly budget, it really helps if you know how to use Excel. You can set up a spreadsheet. You can even do it on, you know, handwriting it down on a couple of columns of your own if you need to. So you want to know, all the incoming money, all the outgoing money for a month. You could do a whole show about this sort of thing, but I want to keep it really simple. So you want to group together all the stuff coming in. So you write that in the first column. Who is it coming from? Paycheck. Uh, Maybe that's the only place you have it. Or you say, okay, I do some side jobs. I get it from here. I get it from there. And if you know exactly what you make, put that in the second column. So this is the money coming in in the second column. And then maybe you put down an approximation, well, it's usually around 100 bucks. It could be 500, but it's usually, so maybe you put down two just to be on the safe side, be a little more conservative. And then below that, you want to put a total so you know about how much money is coming in. 
And then after that, you want to put a list of all the money going out. Again, in the first column, after some space, put down, okay, this is money to, for me, it's PG&E, which is gas and electric. Maybe there's a water bill if you have to pay that. There's gas for your car or just car maintenance. You might want to split that up. You might have, of course, food. You have rent or mortgage. So whatever it is, put your biggest things down and then try and remember all the things that you put it out for. On the first pass, you're not going to remember everything. It never happens because you always at the end look like, wow, I have so much cash left. Like I might not have so much cash left. It's because you've just forgotten some things. You need to also, after you're done with your first pass, pull out your credit cards and look at the bills and say, okay, oh, these are the other things I buy. Also write down other things that go automatically onto your card, things that you buy that you're going, oh, look at all the stuff I spend money on (laughs) and and categorize those that you have to do every month and then total that up because you want to be able to see obviously the pluses and the minuses. Be sure to include how much you want to put into savings in the expense column. Be sure to include it because if you don't, you will never have enough. You'll never ever do that. So put it in there and include it on the expense side, even though you're saving it, you're giving it to yourself, put it in there. I ended up trying to do a budget at one point. And so I totally understand if you say, I can't do this, it's not coming out right. Because I had just bought a place. I bought my first home and I went, okay. I figured out the mortgage. I figured out how much came in. I had a car payment. I paid electric. I figured out all the different things that as they were coming in, I wrote the budget down on a piece of paper and then I totaled everything and went, "Uh uh-oh, I have no money left over for food or anything else. Just the basic costs, nothing left over. And I went, "Uh uh-oh. So I threw my hands up and went, okay, God, spirit, take over. You do the budget for me. I can't do it. So if you get to that point and you want to turn it over, I totally get that. I've been there. It worked. I don't know how I had money to eat, but it worked. Do what you feel is right. I had a big calling to do that at that point in my life. It was the only thing I could do. But most people need to see it written down, to see the budget, so at least you can get that idea of how much it is, even if you don't follow anything. If you see it's really off, you might want to conserve more. Maybe you need to get a second job because of it. And you see, I see. I just have way too much going out, and I can't do anything about this. Or maybe you want to save for something. If you need a part-time job, you might consider some of these options. I was just throwing those out there. Maybe you want want to work for Uber or Lyft. If you have a car that's decent and you go, you know, I could do this just as many hours as you want to do. You could do Uber Eats or DoorDash or if you want to bring food to people. And Lord knows Amazon needs a lot of drivers right now. But you can also do things like being a mock juror for an eVerdict.com or an online verdict. I don't know if they have that just in the United States or if it's everywhere, but it's online, so it could be all over the place. And there's also Fiverr. They hire a lot of, and there's a lot of different ones that they hire virtual people, virtual assistants that you can do. If you know things on how to do things, you may be able to make extra money doing that in your own time frame. There are apps for budgets. I mean, there's Nerd Wallet. There's all sorts of things that you can do. There's those apps for budgets will carry you through and you can do so many different kinds of things. There's Mint. There's So if you get into the budget and you need some help, you can try some of those. 
once you do have money and you you may want to kind of extra credit here in number 11, check into a brokerage house because they you can either choose to invest your money yourself. So it feels like you're spending money on a stock or something and you're actually having it or you can just let it go and allow them to do it for you. So this week, I asked you to look at your current financial reality and what that picture looked like. I asked you to be honest with yourself. And of course, I asked about your bill paying habits, your savings, and if you had a budget. I asked, and I will ask you again, are you happy with your current financial picture? Or do you want to make some changes and adjustments? Your financial reality stems from those two things, that money mindset that you have and your skill set. And you may need to work on one or both. Money mindset is just another way of saying your prosperity or abundance consciousness. So if that makes you more comfortable, think on that. But make sure that if you're uncomfortable with the words money mindset, it's something you need to work on because your mindset is limited and that limits your life. Make sure that you feel comfortable with who you are and where you're at and what you want. That money skill set is not something that you will learn in school more than likely. And don't smack yourself upside the head every time that you think about it or someone asks you about something. And it's very important to forgive yourself for errors in judgment that you may have had, things you did that you're going, oh my God, why did I do that? I've done that. I have my hand up right now. You can't see me, but I've done that. And it was thousands of dollars. You learn your lessons. You have to learn to forgive yourself if you think you did a stupid thing. You didn't. You just have to learn from it. So make it a priority. You have to want to learn and change habits. Because if you want to change your financial picture, you need to give it your time and your attention. The budget helps. That's great. If not, try something else. Try different things until you make it work for you. Realize that money management and dealing with money takes a lot of courage. And you can do it. Just be brave and figure out that if you need help, that you can ask for it. Thank you so much for joining me here today. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Connect with me on Facebook or by email with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to be a guest, give me a shout out and I'll send you an application. Until next week, remember, you are already enough to have that joyful, limitless life that you desire. You are tuned in to Living Your Limitless Life. Do you want to know more? Visit host Carol DeShane's website at connect2joy.com. Today's gonna be, gonna be a good day.